We're talking about how do I overcome the battles of life? How do I overcome the darkness of life? Life battles are very, very real. It's not just once in a lifetime. Life has battles. I remember when I first got born again, when I first got saved and, you know, started to read my Bible. It was so funny. I was a Catholic for so long. I mean, I did read my Bible when I was a Catholic, but I could not see anything. It was just, a, you know, a book that just for you to do your religious duty with. But then as soon as I got born again and I started reading my Bible, and one thing that hit me every time when I read the Bible was the wars. It's like I was expecting the Bible to be a book, you know, that talks to you peacefully, that tells you to be a good man, a man and a woman of peace. And lo and behold, wars again and again, battles, battles and wars, you know, battles and wars all through the Old Testament. Wow, what's this about? Nobody can understand the Bible without the Holy Ghost. We must have the Holy Spirit all the time. Not just in church, but all the time. He is your life giver. He is your victory giver. He is your life. Amen. Nobody can win without the Holy Ghost. Life battles are very real. What are we talking about? Health. Your health can be a battle. There are physical battles going on for your body. Finances can be a battle. There are battles going on. The devil wants to steal from you and get your finances and make you poor and broke. Relationships can be a battle. The devil wants to destroy your relationships, to zero you in and conquer you and make you feel bad about yourself, surround you with hostile people, so you feel so lonely and broken. And of course, we all know all the crises that are happening right now globally. All the pandemics and global sickness and moral decadence. So we are faced with battles. And it's very important that you be not a religious Christian. Religion will reduce you to a grasshopper. Religion will reduce you to become a victim, a passive person who cannot make decisions, a person who has no guts, no valor, no bonus, no expectations. Religion will reduce you into someone, you know, who just barely get by and survive until I go to heaven. Christianity is not about denials. Christianity is not about fancy imaginations. Christianity is not about putting yourself down so that you sound humble. Christianity is definitely not offering as you a set of religious crutches for you to rely on so that you can at least stand. But Christianity is the real supernatural overcoming power of God. Can we say amen? It's the real supernatural overcoming of God living on the inside of you and manifesting around you. Failure is not a vocabulary in our dictionary. I had the Holy Ghost speaking to me about it. He said to me, Dora, take failure from your dictionary. It does not belong to you. 
Because your failure is the devil's victory. It's not about Goliath. It's not about David. It's about whom they represented. If you look at this photo, this nine feet tall giant called Goliath. Can you see his sword? His weapon, his armor. They were all weighty. And what was that doing? That was to give them a visual image of how great the devil is. That's to give them a visual image. That's to stir up their five physical senses. To scare them. To frighten them. To overwhelm them with the size of the problem. With the immensity of the problem. Everything the devil does have a reason. And that's why if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 10, what happened to the Israelites? What happened to Saul, the king? What happened to the Israelite army? What happened? They heard the words of the Philistine and they were so dismayed and they greatly were afraid. The devil engineered all that to get them into fear because that's the only way, that's the only way the devil can win that battle against the people of God. As soon as you drop your shield of faith, you forget who you are. And the devil will overwhelm you. The devil will take over all your five physical senses and all you could see was just problem, problem, insurmountable problem, the problem that's too big for me, too great for me. And you would be reduced because of the size of your enemy to a grasshopper. We must know the devil's tactics. As I said, it's never just about Israel. It's about what Israel represents. What does Israel represent? The ring of God. What do you as a Christian represent? The ring of God. What do you represent? The ring of God. The God is mighty. He's powerful. He ring in your life. He ring with you. He ring through you. The Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I that lives, but Jesus who is living in me. It's not about my body. It's about the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not about my mental health. It's about the mind of Christ. Glory be to God. It's not about me. It's about the testimonies of God. Amen through me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's never just about you and your feelings. It's about whom you represent. It's about your faith, your calling, your assignments. It's about your God-given future. It's about your God-given destiny. That is living for God. It's about God's people coming against the schemes of the devil. I want you to understand that if you look at that photo again, if you can look at that photo again, 
I want you to notice the atmosphere that is around Goliath. How come I could, re- I mean, I can raise my hands, I can pray, I can sing, I can do well, I know who I am, you know, I can sing, I can dance, but then how come as soon as I'm attacked, as soon as I'm going through problems in life, challenges and battles, it's like all of a sudden I shrink and shrink and shrink and become a grasshopper. Why? It's because of the atmosphere that's around you. It's about the presence of demons that cover you. When you're under attack. Don't ever just look at the natural and missing the supernatural. You can see from that photo that there is a demonic presence that Goliath carried. He carried a demonic presence. A demonic presence that mocked at, that scorned the people of God. A demonic presence or atmosphere that came to attack the people before he, as a person, Goliath, actually attacked the people. Goliath looked very big and seemed like he's mysterious and invisible. Why? Because of the darkness around him. He had been blown out of proportion. He wasn't that big. But he had been blown out of proportion. He had been seen in darkness in mysteries, demonic mysteries. The army of Israel was definitely intimidated, scared. To the extent that they could not hear God. To the extent that they've forgotten about their God. To the extent that they've forgotten that God had a covenant with them. To the extent that they had completely forgotten that they are called a people of God. And all that they could see and all that they could hear was Goliath. 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 His size. His weapons. The darkness. The Israelites were being harassed. Mentally, emotionally, their will was being cut down, shaken, intimidated, overwhelmed. And don't ever forget this whole scenario was engineered and presented by the power of darkness, the ruler of darkness. What's his name? Satan. Lucifer. The evil one. To get the Israelites to be consumed by what they can see, what they can hear, that I'm being attacked, I'm being victimized, I'm not strong enough, I'm not powerful enough, there's no way that I can win this battle. How many of you often hear that voice that keeps telling you that you're falling short? You are not good enough. You are not spiritual enough. You are not wise enough. You are not this enough. You are not that enough. Get rid of that voice. Because that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit will always build you up. But the voice of the devil will always put you down. Choose whose voice to listen to. And whose voice to reject. The devil talks through the soul and the body of a person. 
Yet the Holy Spirit talks through your born again spirit. Ask yourself this question. Who am I? What am I? What life do I have? Did I just evolve from monkeys? Did I have a life that just exists for this lifetime? Who am I? Whom do I live for? What's the meaning of my life? Why do I want to live a long life if I don't know what I'm living for? Why am I so scared of sickness if there's no meaning in my life? If you truly believe that heaven is a lot better than the world, then you might as well go to heaven early. I believe in honesty. Ask the Lord honest questions and he will answer you every time. If you look at 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 and 2, 1 John 1 verse 1 and 2. This church is not going to offer you religion. I'm not giving you a pair of crutches. But I'm presenting to you the power of God. God's meaning for your life. Who you are in Christ and what you are in him. Life is very, very precious. Very, very precious. And life goes so quickly. Time goes so quickly. So it's very important. We don't just come into this earth and the next minute we leave this earth and we don't know what have we done on the earth. Don't be in a hurry to go to heaven. Finish your assignments here on the earth because you won't be able to come you won't be able to come back into this earthly life. You will come back but not the same way like you are now. If you look at 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 and 2, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen. Now, it seems like isn't there a contradictory isn't there a contradiction in terms? I thought that God has no beginning. He has no beginning and he has no end. So why that was from the beginning? That which was from the beginning, a definite beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked upon. What is this about? And our hands have handled of the word of life. Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Jesus. Jesus. Not Jesus as the second person of the Trinity, but Jesus who had come as a man. That's when he had a beginning. The Jesus who moved in their midst, whom they had heard, whom they had seen with their eyes, why looked upon? Jesus came back to, to them again in the resurrected body. We had looked upon whom our hands have handled. What does this remind you of? What Jesus said to Thomas, handle me. For a spirit has no flesh, no body 
as you see me have. Jesus coming back in the resurrection. And Jesus coming back as the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit who comes to live on the inside of us. So there is the natural, there is the resurrected, and there is the eternal. And you are the same. You have the natural life, you have the resurrected life, and you have the eternal life. Amen. It's so powerful. And you look at verse 1, the end of that verse, of the word of life. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's called eternal life. And the word of God that we read every day is the word of life. How can I have more life? How can I have more health? How can I have more energy? How can I have more wisdom? How can I have more power? Eat of the word of life. Isn't that right? God has made himself available to us in so many ways, in so many forms. Just like water. Water can be liquid. Water can be solid, like a piece of ice. And water can be vapor. So don't get stuck in one form. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And I want you to look at verse 2. For the life, say with me, the life was manifested. And we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you. What is that life, that eternal life? Who is the life that was manifested? Who is that? Jesus. Jesus. So the second person of the Trinity came as a human, came as a person with the eternal life in him, manifesting that eternal life, giving us that eternal life and putting that eternal life in us by faith. So the life that we live now, you are no longer living a passive life. You are no longer living a victimized life. You can never be born again until you choose to be born again. You can never be born again until you believe in that eternal life. So the life that we live is by choice and by faith. Say to the person next to you, by choice and by faith. One more time, by choice and by faith. Everything in our life happens like that. Don't ever get into that religious myth. Don't ever get into Christian superstition. That things, everything is God. Whatever God wants, whatever he will, everything is God. Whatever he wants. No, 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 it's not whatever he wants. It's whatever you want. Say with me, by choice, by faith. One more time, by choice, by faith. It's very, very important that we understand that. What is that eternal life? It's called Zoe. Zoe. Jesus had given us Zoe. He manifested Zoe on the earth. The soy, the eternal life that could not be held back by death. 
the eternal life that bounces back, the resurrected life, and he made that life available to those who believe. That's why he said, if you believe in me, you will never die. Amen. Glory be to God. So do we have to be afraid of death? Do we have to be afraid of death? What is death? Death is being translated to another realm. Death is being translated to another realm. It's just like you don't see me here in Brisbane. It doesn't mean that I don't exist. I may be in Canada. I may be in America. I may be in Hong Kong. I may be in Thailand. I may be in heaven. So don't hold on to the natural life so tight. Don't hold on to your natural life so tight that you can't breathe. You know, some of us, the reason why we don't hear the Holy Spirit is because we are too serious. So uptight. Problem. Problem. How do I solve this problem? In a hurry. Come on, in a hurry. Do it quick. You must do it quick. See the result now. And we are so busy on the inside, so consumed by our soul, our suke. So overwhelmed by the five physical senses. So overstimulated by this natural realm. And the Holy Spirit is trying, can I talk to her, please? Can I, can you give me a moment to talk to you? And we can't hear God. And even when we're asleep, because we're so busy and you dream, dream, dream the worldly dreams. Say to the person next to you, don't be so uptight. Say to the person next to you, relax. Chill out, that's right, chill out. Amen. <laughs> Say to the person next to you, it's all good. It's getting better. Getting better and better. The best is available for you. Praise God. Get this. A lot of Christians, they think that this is the basic, but that's the thing. A lot of people miss it because it's so basic. It's so, so important. We're so interested in what we wear, you know. We're so interested in how old I am. We're so interested in where we go. But what is this on the inside of us? What is this life? What's this life? What differentiates me from my dog? What differentiates me from my plants? What differentiates me from other non-Christians? If being born again as a Christian is no different from a non-Christian, I can get sick just like anybody else. I can get angry just like anybody else. I can get hurt just like anybody else. Why are you born again? Why are we born again? Why would Jesus come and die such a gruesome death and be raised from the dead? If you being born again is no different from anybody who is not born again. If a heathen who can use her willpower and her positive thinking to overcome sickness and disease, what are you doing with your born again spirit and the word of God and the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you? Failure is not an option. Negative thinking is not an option. I'm not against medicine, I'm not against doctors, I'm not against hospitals, but I want to manifest the healing of God. 
I want to manifest the power of God. I'm his daughter. I care about his name. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. If you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. 1 John 5, 11. Your Bible, your Bible is God's revelation. I didn't think this up. The Holy Spirit gave the sermon to me. And I noticed that a lot of times he gave me so much and I could only deliver so little. God is the over and above God. And if you look at John 1.13, this is the record that God had given us what? Eternal life. Zoe. And this life, this Zoe, is where? Where? Are you getting me? Are you giving me 1 John 5.11? 1 John 5.11. This is the record that God had given us. What's that? One more time. What is that in Greek? Zoe. Zoe. And this life, referring to the eternal life, where is it? Where is it? Why is he called son? Because he came as a man. He is God, second person of the Trinity. Why was Jesus called? I'm the son of God. I'm the son of man. Why did he even, he himself called himself the son of man? Because he's referring to this eternal life that he came to make and to give to us. Do you get it? It's especially tailor-made for mankind. For you and for me. So your salvation is very real. Your salvation is real. You haven't joined a religious club. Your salvation is real. The devil knows it. God knows it. But you have to know it. You have to know it. So important. Look at, one, uh, look at John chapter 1, verse 13. John 1, 13. So what do you have on the inside of you? Eternal life. It's this eternal life that's revitalizing you all the time. It's this eternal life that's rejuvenating you. It's this eternal life that's giving you the heartbeat. Hallelujah. It's this eternal life that's burning in you. Giving you that passion, that fire. If you look at John chapter 1 verse 13. Referring to us. Which were born not of the blood. It's not the human blood. It's not whether you're type B or type A, A plus, B plus. Not the human blood. Because the human blood has a lot of sickness. Had a lot of sin. Generational. But of Born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh. It's not by human impulse. It's not by the process of sexual interaction. Not by the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Not by your, have, not by your wise planning. I plan to have three kids. I plan to have two kids. I plan not to have kids. No, not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Come on, say to yourself, I'm born of God. Whoa, 
One more time, I'm born of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. If you look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18. So let me ask you, are you very precious to God? Are you precious to him? Are you like your father? Is it true that it's like father, like son? Amen. Do you have to struggle to get it? No. Do you have to earn it? You can't. Amen. But you do have to know it. You know it. That's how spiritual power comes by knowledge. Revelation knowledge. If you look at 1 John, oh sorry, if you look at 1 John 4.18, 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. My husband and I, we were going to, you know, the bank, the Commonwealth Bank, and, you know, and, and took, took care of our finances. And because a long time ago, I mean, for a long time, he just trusted me with the all the accounts. He didn't have any access <laughs> to the accounts. He had no access to the accounts. Why? Because he had no fear. He was not afraid that I would take all the money and go. <laughs> love of God, but you do need to know that he loves you. Does he love you? But, 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 does he love you? But, 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 does he love you? Yes. Amen. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We work in this natural realm. We live in this natural realm. You are nice to me because I'm nice to you. The minute I'm not nice to you, uh, ah. <laughs> but I want you to read this. Continue to read that. 419. Read, read this together with me. One, two, three. We love him. Because he first loved us. So where do we get that love? From God. Is it from ourselves? Is it from somebody else? So what if I'm not really, I'm not really moving in love. I get mad. I get frustrated. I get critical. So who's wrong is that? He, he made me mad. She, she made me frustrated. No, 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 no. It's because you are lacking in love. It's the love of God in you. When you're full of that love, you'll be functioning in love. You'll be moving in love. You'll be walking in love. And nothing bothers you. It's written of Jesus, the evil one touches him not. So your prosperity is not somebody else's decision. Because if that's the case, it's not fair of God to judge you. 
Your well-being is not somebody else's decision. You are no longer a victim. You don't live a reactionary life. You live the eternal life. The reactionary life is the Suzuki life. It's the soulish life. The soul reacts all the time. The soul is in bondage to this natural realm, in bondage to the world. The soul reacts all the time. But you are not asked to live the, the suke life, the soulish life. We are asked to live the eternal life, the zoe life. Can we say amen? That's what your victory, that's where your victory is because you are living high above. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. The love of God is in your spirit. The life of God is in your spirit. And that's what protects you from fear. The torment of fear, where is that? Come on, tell me. The torment of fear in your, in your spirit, in your soul, or in your body? In your soul. The mind can talk fear. Feelings can talk fear. The self-will can talk fear. But your spirit is spontaneous. Your spirit is very simple. Your spirit knows no fear, just like a little child. Fear is learned. Fear is learned. And that's why you have all the social media telling you how great COVID-19 is, how great so COVID-19 is, how great Goliath is, how great COVID-19 is. Fear is taught. Fear is learned. God did not create any one of us with fear. So if God did not create it, you have learned it. Do you get this? How many of you have got it? Say amen. The voice of the soul or suke is gloom and doom. All bad news. Everything is negative. And the works of the flesh, the way that a natural human being live is by self-defense. There is a self-defense mechanism that is put on the soul of you because of the fallen, the fallen soul. Because men had fallen from the position of dominion to the position of victims. It is not good to live by a defensive mechanism. Don't always think how do I defend myself? How do I defend myself? How do I defend myself? Why? Because you're thinking of whom? Goliath all the time. He lives on the inside of you. Say with me, get rid of it. Amen. If you look at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, the righteous. How many righteous do we have here? The righteous are bold as a lion. Stir up that boldness in you. Stir up that courage in you. Roar like a lion. Stir up the roars in you against Goliath. It's the roar of a lion that paralyzes its prey. What do you do when you confess, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. When God is for me, who can be against me? This sickness cannot come against me. This attack cannot come against me. No weapons of the enemy formed against me can prosper. 
And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I condemn right now. Stir up that roar in you, the roars of a lion, and you paralyze the devil. They run in fear from you. They try to come against you one way. They have to flee before you seven ways. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. If you look at Acts chapter 4 verse 13, what did they see? They saw the boldness of Peter and John. The boldness of Peter and John. They did not manufacture it. When I went to China, I did not manufacture bonus. When I was traveling, when this, uh, what's that thing called, SARS was on, I did not manufacture any bonus. No, it just came on me. When, when you know, even when somebody was, was very mad at me, it didn't get to me. Why? Because there's a protection that comes again, that comes upon the people of God. Remember the seventh time? No evil can touch you. Amen. I want to digress a little bit and talk about spiritual atmospheres. It's very important for us to differentiate and discern which part of us is functioning at the moment. When you're caught in a situation, when you're living out your life, you need to know which life are you living are you living that Zoe life or are you living the Suki life or are you living the Bios life? Are you just a physical being and all your thoughts are just physical and physical? Are you a soulish person and you are very soulish and you are so busy chasing after your thoughts and your feelings and your self-will? Or are you living the high life, the Zoe the eternal life, the life that Jesus came to live. Let's talk about spiritual atmospheres. Look at Psalm 82 verse 5. Psalm 82 verse 5. The Bible teaches us how to live. It equips us with the power to live. Remember, it's not the stones that kill Goliath. There's no way that those stones of David could kill Goliath. It's not the sling that killed Goliath. No, no way. No, it's the force, the supernatural force, the power of God that's applied to the stones that hit Goliath with accuracy and power. And then he fell dead. There's no need even for a second step. That's how God does things. Accurate and powerful. Accurate and powerful. He's not just testing. Let's test this, test this, test this. No. He's accurate and powerful. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So important that you establish your heart in that. If you look at Psalm 82 verse 5, they referring to the Israelites, those who had backslidden, those who had fallen. They know not, neither will they understand. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know, have no knowledge, have no understanding, just walking around like a zombie. 
Walk on in darkness and walk on and walk on and walk on in darkness. Just living for the sake of living. I don't know what I'm living for. I don't know why I'm alive. I don't know what I'm living. You know, just live and live and live. I don't know why I'm making my money. What's the money for? I don't know. I'm just making money. Why do you want a wife? I don't know. Everybody has a wife, so let's give me a wife. Understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. The word darkness is the, is the uh, word skotos. It's the Hebrew word skotos. It means obscurity, ignorance, blindness, wickedness, destruction, misery, sorrow, and death. Let me ask you a very simple question. Is heaven bright or dark? Come on, answer me. Is heaven bright or dark? bright. What about God? God is light. In him there is. So what if you are 10% dark? 20% dark? Or 5% dark? So that would be which part of you? Your soe, your suke, or your bios? Suke, your soul. Your soul can be dark because the soul functions in the earthly realm. And that's why you cannot allow your soul to lead you. You cannot make decisions from your soul. Do you get it? When we talk about a spiritual atmosphere, we are talking about a presence. What am I talking about? An atmosphere is built by spirits. The spirits that are already on you, and then when we all come together, we reinforce the spirits that you carry. So let's say if you have a group of people who are very sick, and they have lost hope, they are very fearful of dying, and they don't know what's going to happen. They are being very desperate. And fearful and sorrowful. So when you have 10 of them gathering together, what do you have? An atmosphere of death. An atmosphere of hopelessness, despair, sorrows. What about in church? When all of us have the spirit of faith. We have the spirit of joy. We know who we are. We have the strength. Then you enter into an atmosphere where any miracles can happen. Because the Holy Spirit is drawn, drawn. The wind blows where it will. The Holy Spirit is drawn to an atmosphere of faith. Be it done unto you according to your faith. How come that woman could get the virtues out of Jesus? Because faith draws God. Faith attracts God. How come David was so powerful? How come David was so powerful when everybody was so fearful? They had the same God. It's the nation of Israel. God is no respecter of persons. They all had God. Saul was called and anointed. 
What's the difference between Saul and David? Saul was self-conscious. Problem conscious. As soon as you become self-conscious, you become problem conscious. Because in and of yourself, you can't handle it. But David is what? God conscious. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who do you think he is? Right? And then he went about, he looked for everybody. He looked, come on, tell me, tell me, come on, tell me. What is going to do for that man who is skilled, who kills Goliath? Come on, tell me, tell me. What is going to do? What was what, 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 going to happen to the man who kills Goliath? In his head, he had already won the battle. And his eyes are on the trophy. His eyes are on the trophy. His eyes are on the trophy of that victory. You know, there are some Christians that say, well, you know, I don't see God's hand. Are you sure? Jesus is the hand of God who is seated at the right hand of the Father. God wants to manifest himself in our lives and through our lives. His hand is his power. So do we need his hand? Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember the word of God says that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. Why would he want to reward David? Why would he want to reward us? So that God can show himself. It's a time of show and tell. Look what the Lord has done. Isn't that right? How many of you want victories in your life? How many of you want testimonies in your life? Amen. Hallelujah. Those are God's rewards. Thank you Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many of you are getting what I'm telling you? We talk about spiritual atmosphere. When we talk about spiritual atmosphere, we're talking about the spirits that are present on the person individually and in the atmosphere corporately, whether they be angels or devils. When we talk about the atmosphere, we're talking about the literal presence of spiritual beings. Spirits do rest upon you. Spirits do rest upon you. Well, Psalm 22 verse 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him, when we praise him, God abides. His presence settles. Songs can build atmospheres. Words can build atmospheres. How many of you have seen a horror movie? How many of you have experienced the atmosphere of a horror movie? How many of you have seen a tragedy? Real sad. And you couldn't help but, <laughs> why are you crying? It's just a movie. I don't know. <laughs> the atmosphere. Sound and voices are very, very powerful. Sound and voices are very, very powerful. So be very careful of the voices that are talking to you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good. But if your heart is empty, you hardly read the Bible. You hardly listen to sermons. 
don't, then the heart is empty and the devil can just put things into your heart. So what do we have to do? Put treasures in the heart. Your heart is like a container. Your heart is your, your treasure chest. You need to intentionally put treasures in your heart. The word of God. The word of God that talks good about you. The word of God that tells you who you are, what you are, where you are, what you are doing, where you're going to. Can we say amen? And then when the pressure comes, it's just like when you're squeezing that toothpaste. You're squeezing that tube. What comes out of the tube when you squeeze that toothpaste? Toothpaste. What's in there? So the same. What's in us? When the pressure comes, will come out. What's in us? When the pressure comes, will come out. What you focus on will come out. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. So there is a building time and there is a manifestation time. It's so powerful. Amen. I want you to look at verse 36. An evil man out of the evil treasure out of his heart bringeth forth evil. I want you to understand the word evil does not mean that it's devilish, always demons, demons, demons. Evil means it's bad for you. Okay? You can't keep fighting devils if you allow him to live on the inside of you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I can't fight devil on the outside and if, if he's living on the inside of me. Because your victory comes from the inside. Amen. So if you look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Is that okay to be honest? But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Is this talking about the white throne judgment? No. This is talking about your word judging you. Your word that you speak will judge you. The word that you speak all the time, the word that talks to you all the time in your head will judge you. Judge you victorious or judge you defeated. For by your words you shall be justified and by your words you shall be condemned. Is God being harsh? No, God is not being harsh. This is a spiritual principle. We get what we want. We get what we think of all the time. We get what we meditate on all the time. Because what we think of, what we meditate on is actually what we believe in. If I believe that you're bad, all that I think about you is bad. All that I talk about you is bad. I'm cursing you all the time. And whatever you curse will die. The life will die. The daylight will die. No more. And that's why in the book of Proverbs, remember, it talks about don't live with a woman who is cursing you all the time. It's like you're living under a roof with, all this, with rain going on all the time. That's power. The power of life and death is in our tongue. It had taken me time and time again to practice to shut up. <laughs> to practice. Because the suke, the soulish life, reacts. 
the minute I perceive that you're hurting me, you're not nice to me, I want to, I want to either fight back, slap you back, or talk bad about you, or talk bad behind you. That's the defensive mechanism in the soul. But we are called to live above that. That's why Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. So be a Christian. Don't be a born again Christian and live like a non-born again Christian. Come on, say to the person next to you, I'm different. I'm different. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is not about God judging you. No, this is about your words judging you. Because don't forget there is a devil and he's waiting for your words to attack you. They're demons. I remember when I first became a Christian, there were two books that really blessed me. One is called Piercing the Darkness. I'm talking about novels. Piercing the Darkness. They talked about the darkness that's covering the earth and talking about there's a demonic presence and talking about the devil's, his end time strategy, his end time plan is to take your sons and your daughters away from you and raise them himself. This is true. How many of you know that this is true? The world wants to take away your sons and your daughters and raise them themselves. The world's way of raising up our children. This is happening now. And the second book that I read was by C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. It's so vivid about spiritual warfare. So, so vivid. Words... Sorry, I, I need to. Okay, so this is talking about the conversations that we have. Our conversations can judge us victorious or judge us defeated. Our contributions to our conversation, the discussion that we have. Words can distort, can mislead. Words can deceive, can hurt or heal. Words can wound or comfort. Words can belittle or edify. Words can unite or separate. Words can clarify, assure, strengthen, brings faith, hope, direction, and vision. Words are the expressions of our thoughts, feelings, and intention. Words can be soulish, coming from suke. Words can be physical, the lust of the flesh, or words can come out of your soe, being spiritual. So it depends very much on where you are operating from. So listen to your own conversation. Listen to your own words. I've been to meetings and meetings. There are meetings that are just soulish. Soulish, just social. There are meanings that are spiritual. Words that come out of your soe or come out of your suke or come out of your physical body. Conversations can be uplifting, can be edifying. When we as God's people gather together, we release the spirit that is on the inside of us, the presence of God, and we create an atmosphere. Always aspire to be inspired. If you have no inspirations, you will become dark. If you have no revelation, you will become dull. 
It's very important that we aspire to be inspired. The atmosphere that we live by is very, very important. Discern the Holy Ghost atmosphere from the worldly, carnal, and demonic atmosphere. I enjoy having conversations with people who will lift me up, inspire me, taking me to higher heights and greater depths. When you're in that atmosphere, you have visions, you have dreams, you have images. And that's why when we enter into a prayer meeting, we don't premeditate. We don't write down what we're praying about. We don't even write down whatever scriptures know. But the Holy Spirit, as you pray, he'll give you images, pictures, visions. He will give you scriptures. He'll give you a word. He will give you um, what to do, uh, either to prophesy or to confess or to stand in the gap. Can we say amen? You are taken higher. Sparks of light come to you. Bubbles coming up, bubbling from the inside of you. You are stretched greater than you are. Amen. You are lifted up in faith and confidence. It's like you can literally start to fly. Inspirations are very, very expensive. All the famous composers like Mozart, Beethoven, where do you think they got their masterpieces from? Inspiration. But Lucy in the sky with diamonds, that's demonic inspirations. Remember, when there is something real, there will always be a counterfeit. If your heart is not right, if your heart is not right, your spirit is not right, you still have bitterness, you still have resentment, you still have unforgiveness, guess what? The deceiving spirits will be leading you. And you will be receiving inspirations and thoughts, all right, but they will all be from your suhi, your soul. That's where demons operate from. Have you got it? Have you got it? Say with me, I'm wise. Say to the person next to you, be inspired. Don't stay in a natural argument and lose your anointing. Do you get it? Don't argue and lose your anointing. Don't argue and lose your inspirations, revelations, visions, and impartations. They are what no money can buy. Don't allow others to kill your vision or pour water on your red-hot passion for God. Don't subject yourself to arguments and natural reasonings that destroy your faith. Can I give you a question? Can I ask you a question? Did God give the devil power? How come the devil has power? Did God give the devil power? So where is this power from? He's the prince of the power of darkness. Jesus called him the prince of the earth. 
and he's got the power of darkness. So where's his power from? Where's his power from? Go back to Genesis. Where's power from? Genesis chapter 3. His power came from Adam. When Adam and Eve believed his lie and handed over their God-given dominion to the devil to listen to him and to obey him, they surrendered their God-given power to the devil. That's where he got his power from. And Jesus explained this to us in Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 6. This is a very important scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. This is the temptation, remember? Was the temptation real? Yes. All of us will be tempted. Don't live in denial. We will be tempted. But what do you do when you tempt? What do you do when you're tempted? That's the key. Don't cry when you're tempted. Don't blame God when you're tempted. Don't blame others when you're tempted. Kick off the devil. The devil said unto him, All this power will I give unto you, talking to Jesus, and the glory of them. Come on, read this together with me. One, two, three. For that is delivered unto me. Who delivered to him? Adam and Eve. Adam. God gave Adam all the power to rule the earth. And Adam gave it to the devil by believing in him, listening to him. He was right there with Eve. When Eve was having a conversation with the devil, Adam was right there next to her. And that's why when Eve gave her that fruit, he took it. He wasn't foolish. He was listening. That's where the power of darkness is from. So how do we break that spell? How do we break that demonic power? Jesus had given us the key. How do we win the battles of life? Luke chapter 11, verse 34. Luke chapter 11, verse 34. Remember just why I told you, skotos, darkness means what? Blindness, ignorance, obscurity. Remember the photo? Goliath, where was he? In the darkness. So Jesus gave us the key. The light, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 34. Luke chapter 11. Verse 34, the light of the body is the eye. Say with me, the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, when your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. I want you to understand distraction is from the devil. 
The devil would work over time to distract you from the word of God to the people around you, to what you have to do, the tasks around you. He will distract you so that instead of focusing on God and walking in power and walking in faith, you start blaming this and blaming that and blaming this and criticizing that. Because he knows that's how he will win. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. And when you're full of light, the power of darkness is defeated, completely gone. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to finish with this. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What will be done to the man that kills this Philistine? Let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. I, your servant, will go fight this Philistine. Running to battles, running to battles instead of running from battles, that's your key to success. Goliath may look very big, may look very huge, but as soon as you come close, you can see him as he is. He's nobody. He's nobody to a child of God. He's nobody to the heroes of God. The mature sons and the daughters of God. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm a covenant child. God is for me. God is behind me. And God is on the inside of me. What will be my trophy? What will be my rewards? What am, what am I getting after this? What am I getting this after this? What are the spoils for this battle? Hey, how many of you came to the women's workout? Come on, those two had come even once or twice to the women's workout. Lift up your hands. Why did you come? For the spoils. For the, for what you can get, the results. You went through all that hard time. (gasps) Why? Because you had the goal, the results. You have the results in your mind. It's so important for us Christians to see the results of winning our battles. The results, the spoils that God has ready for you when you win this battle. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. David is asking many times, what's, what's going to do to the, what's going to give to the man? What's going to do, what's going to happen to the man who killed this Philistine? If you believe you can do it, then what? You can do it. Oh, only one answered me. If you believe that you can do it, then what? If you believe that you can do it, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let me finish with this. A lot of times Christians get defeated in the battles of life because they think too much. Rationalize, talk and talk and talk and get stuck. And the second 
reason is because you are too needy. You're absorbed in your needs. I need this, I need this, I need that, I need that. I'm a victim here. And you are too overwhelmed by the noises of the devil. And you have no time for God. Or the reason why we don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is because we are too task-oriented. I have so many tasks to do. I have so many jobs. This is my duty. This is my duty. Take duty one, done. Take duty two. Come on, lift up your hands and say, I want to hear God. Come on, lift up your hands. I want to hear God. Remember spiritual atmosphere. Let's finish with this scripture, Psalm 40, verse 6. So just now we talked about focus, my eyes. So this next one is very, very important. Psalm 40, verse 6. Psalm 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Come on, read this together with me. One, two, three. My years have you opened. You must have open ears. Not stuck ears. You must have open ears. Let him who have years to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Get in the right frequency. Get into the right frequency. Dial in with God. Tune in to the Holy Spirit. Just one word from God will change your life forever. Don't make an early conclusion. If I do this, then I will be that. If I do this, then I will be that. Life is a journey with God. Life is a journey, taking the hand, the Holy Spirit, taking his hand and walk with you. The minute you start walking with him, doors will be open to you. Doors will be open to you. Favor will be granted to you. Divine orchestration of events will be granted to you. Divine opportunities will be open for you as you walk joyfully in obedience, hearing the voice of of the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bow. If you're here this morning and you have not asked Jesus to give you eternal life, you have not asked Jesus to give you that eternal life, that Zoe, that high life, and you are stuck in your soul. You are stuck in your body. You are stuck in the natural way of living. Now, the invitation is being extended to you. The Holy Spirit is asking you, would you like to be born again? Would you like to have Jesus 
to live on the inside of you. If that's who you are, can I ask you to just lift up your hands and say, I want that life. I want the eternal life. Even if you were a Christian, you need to know that you have that eternal life. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else say, I want that eternal life. If you have brought someone to church, could you please ask the person next to you? Do you want to have that life? Do you want to have that eternal life? Come on, come on, everybody, open your eyes, look at the person next to you and ask, do you want that eternal life? Do you want that eternal life? Yes or no? Don't be shy. It's the most important moment of your life. Anybody else? Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy. Is this not the thing to be shy about? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 